welcome to the fourth episode of the Punished Podcast. I'm Sam Martinelli, pronouns he, him, his, editor at PunishedBacklog.com and host of today's episode. Joining me are several illustrious guests, so why don't we go around and state our names, pronouns, and how about a game you've been playing recently? So let's start with David. Everyone, my name is David Silbert, also an editor at the Punished Backlog, pronouns he, him, and what am I playing recently? Oh my god, I'm lagging, I'm lagging. What the hell am I playing? Uh, Final Fantasy 16, and I'll have more to share on that later. My name is Kay. I'm a very, very occasional contributor to the Punished Backlog. More notably, I am David's roommate, a fellow gremlin in this household. Uh, My pronouns are he, him. Currently, I am playing um, a little hyper-violence game called Ocho, a little Hotline Miami light game that I'm enjoying pretty much, uh, quite a bit, though it is giving me severe carpal tunnel. That's how you know it's good. That's how it's a good action game. Hi, this is Allison McDaniel. My pronouns are she, her. I am currently playing SteamWorld Build. Oh, how is that? It's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to talk about it later on, but I would totally recommend it if you like city builders. Cool. Hi, I'm Jason Toro. He, him. I'm currently playing Final Fantasy XIV, Remnant 2, and trying to 100% Okami. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't played that in some years. Good is a relative term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got to mention that I've actually, uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I finally got into it. I finally got it yesterday. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So that's actually a good way to transition into our topic of the day. Of the day. Uh, game of the year. And just what this year was like for video games. A lot of people are calling 2023 one of the best years in gaming. But of course, they're talking about the quality of the releases. Obviously, if you've been paying attention to gaming news this year, you know it wasn't exactly a great year for the people actually making the games. A lot of layoffs, a lot of turmoil. For the purposes of this episode, I'd like to focus on the releases themselves. Um, And I'd like to start by asking each of you, how you would rate this year's releases on a one to five scale, five being the highest, one being the lowest. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Allison. How would you feel about this? So I gave this a little bit of thought. I would rate it pretty high, probably about a 4.5. Like I think it was really good, a year with lots of bangers, but there's still games that we're missing that people have been asking for. Like we were supposed to have Silk Song this year. We were supposed to have, Metroid Prime 4, like, where are these games? This could have been even more better of a year if these came out as well. But overall, I would rate it pretty high. For me, Sam, I know we kind of disagree. We go back and forth on what the best year in gaming is. Um, I think, what was yours, 1999? 1998. 1998. I forget what came out in 1999. But mine mine will forever be probably 2007. And that's kind of my litmus, my scale for everything else. Um, And I think what 2007 did so well was it had quantity of games, but also quality. Like it started so many important franchises and a lot of games that released in 2007, Mario Galaxy, Halo 3, Call of Duty 4, et cetera, were like seminal, like generational games that we still talk about today. I don't know if uh, 2023 will still stand the test of time. So for that reason, I'm giving it a four. I think Baldur's Gate 3 and, and Tears of the Kingdom are obviously the two standouts, but I don't know if we'll be talking about the other games this year quite as as readily as we do the, those two select few shot so many things in 2007 so many of those games are shooting yeah. games that came out in 2007 get mass effect get mass effect i guess that's a which shooter, is a shooter so. all right charted right. which is a shooter crisis orange which is a box shooter, shooter. Or, uh gears 
What about uh, Mario Galaxy? Shooter. Or well, Metro Prime 3 is a shooter. shooter too. Modern Warfare, shooter. Bioshock 1, shooter. Portal. Yeah, maybe I'm biased. Portals. I don't even like shooting games. That's what's funny. Yeah, I'll go next. I think this game, I'll agree with Allison's assessment. I think I say it's a four and a half. I compare that to the peak probably being something like 1998 or maybe 2017. I know that we kind of said we're going games only, but I think 2017 very notable for being a console release year for the Switch. Um, also pretty, some some interesting parallels between 2017 and this year with the whole Mario Zelda one-two punch thing going on. Um, I think 2017 for me, I think kind of takes a cake, not so much in games that I personally enjoyed, but 2017 kind of introduces um, a lot of games that I think are sort of have become institutions today. Uh, Fortnite Battle Royale came out in 2017, which is maybe the largest entertainment vehicle of all time at this point. Destiny 2, which has like been around now for like six plus years. Rocket League, uh, PUBG, which took over the world for a little bit, came out that year. Um, not necessarily games that are my speed, but I think in terms of just cultural impact and, you know, that sort of thing, player base, certainly um, a huge year. So I think 2023 um, it falls like a, a bit below that. And I think 2023 also has a large glut of sort of uh, a good chunk of like the quality games this year were remakes, Star Ocean and Resident Evil 4 come to mind, uh, things like that. Phantom Liberty, I know we're saying it's a new game, but, you know, it's like best ongoing game of the year 2023. Love it. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh so yeah, all, all things considered, I would give it a four and a half. It does, this year did cover a huge variety of genres from a variety of developers like really all over the world, like a very global year as well. But not quite like the cultural, societal impact of 2017. Probably a little bit, maybe a little bit less top heavy than 2007 or even 1998, truthfully, but very good year overall. I adore the name Entertainment Vehicle for Fortnite, by the way. At this point, I, I'm not even sure what to call Fortnite. I think they're trying, I heard they're trying to make it into an engine for other games. And with their most recent advertisement for it, I feel like that's. I mean, yeah, there are concerts in true. Fortnite. Star yeah. Wars plot points are being revealed in Fortnite. Lego Fortnite, uh, Harmonix has a game, like no, Rocket yeah, League is in there essentially. It's like a virtual reality, but not as like you're putting goggles on, although I'm sure that's coming. It's more of like a virtual reality in that it is like second life. Um, in terms of my personal scoring for this year, I hate to ride the coattails of my betters, but 4.5 sounds extremely good. The revitalization of a lot of genres occurred this year. Um, the CRPG in particular with Baldur's Gate 3 showing that uh, one of the more niche uh, but well-funded genres can really explode. And obviously companies like Owlcat Games have been working on CRPGs pretty religiously over the years, but with Baldur's Gate 3's success in the, in the spotlight, it really shows that there is a place for this kind of game in the more general gaming society. But at the same time, there's also... Super Mario Wonders showcasing that 2D Marios can be good still. That's always nice. Um, there's, there are games like Spider-Man 2, which are showing that that style of game is probably going to stick around forever. But at the same time, I agree that there, there are holes. There are holes in the patchwork, and I imagine that games like 
Tears of the Kingdom might not be as remembered as Breath of the Wild, for instance, going into the future. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this is the perfect year for games either. Yeah, of course, I am no different. 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> yeah, look at us. Look at us. We all, we're all, you know, birds of a feather, I suppose. Um, I think this year was incredible for new releases in franchises we all know about and understand as well as Kay mentioned a lot of good remakes but again those are remakes when i talk about 1998 and some of the notable releases i can just read them off uh legend of zelda ocarina of time my favorite game ever made half-life metal gear solid starcraft banjo kazooie grim fandango fallout 2 crash bandicoot warped thief thief the dark project it's not just that those games were good it's the a lot of these games kind of established genres and would be the most influential games in their genre for a long time. And obviously it's impossible to tell right now what impact 2023 will have as much as we all love Baldur's Gate and Tears of the Kingdom and Mario Wonder and Spider-Man and Resident Evil 4 Remake and a lot of people put Alan Wake 2 there as well. It's almost impossible for me to say what impact these games will have, but for a lot of them, they are just kind of the logical next step. One of my favorite games of this year is Street Fighter VI. And I do think the new controller, the new control set, uh, modern controls, does make it more accessible, more approachable, more fun for me personally. But like, it's a Street Fighter game. It's another Street Fighter game. And I love Street Fighter. Give me more. Keep it keep it coming. But I can't say that that game's going to be groundbreaking. I, I, find, I find that unlikely. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Baldur's Gate won a 1998 release, if I'm not mistaken. Very late 1998. But uh, but that's a good point. Also, another 1998 release in North America was Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, Obviously, it released earlier in Japan. Uh, Resident Evil 2 and StarCraft as well. Just really defining games. I think, obviously, as you get later in time, the likelihood that you're going to make something truly revolutionary or genre-defining is less likely. But I, I agree with you that 1998 is definitely a a watershed moment, a hallmark, hallmark year for sure. Yeah, and I remembered it being seven years old, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, besides the obvious like heavy hitters, the Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom, Alan Wake, Spider-Man, what would you all say are like some good or notable games that you think got lost in the shuffle? So like, I'll just quickly say my answer. Uh, sea of Stars, I think, is a really good RPG. Uh a beautiful story, beautiful art style, beautiful vibes. I gave it a really good review because of its vibes. Um, and, you know, a game like that probably isn't going to get game of the year in a year like this, or even going to get noticed for that. So what are, what are some of your thoughts? Anyone else? I'm looking down the list right now. Like, I mean, the obvious answer is a lot of the indie games. I'm, I'm trying to refresh my memory about some of the, the bigger titles. I think I can't say this with confidence because I haven't actually played it, but I think like a game like Octopath Traveler 2, S- certain people in RPG circles were like, this is the best like RPG in recent memory, if not ever. Like it's like a top of tier game, but didn't quite review. Like it didn't review quite as highly as say Final Fantasy 16 or Sea of Stars. And so it has me intrigued. I can't say with, you know, definitively whether it's worth the, worth the bones, but my, my natural answer is, Season a letter to the future. That was an indie game that I, I gave a nine. I believe I gave it a nine for the site. Loved it. And of course, I mean, I keep talking about it, but Smushy Come Home, very fun game for those who liked uh, a short hike. Gave that a nine too. Um, 
but other ones like Dredge. Like Dredge was popular, so I don't want to like Dredge, Dave the Diver, both pretty popular. I'm not gonna call them indies, Sam. I know Dredge, Dave the Diver's its own thing. But uh, those are the games it's just, that I it's think. Just, it's just literally not an indie. It's not an independent company. No, no I understand. <laughs> but like in terms of smaller smaller scale kind of games with yeah. less of the um, cutting edge Unreal 5 tech, um, I think a lot of those smaller games, sorry, a lot of the, what do I call them? A lot of the kind you of- You say David, Dave the Diver was good. You can just say that. <laughs> I would say I would say I would also argue kind of underappreciated, but I, I I'm sure I'm probably also wrong about that. I'm sure there's actually quite I'm sure it's sold pretty well, given the the attention it's gotten as of late, probably from a lot of the discourse around it. But yeah, this year was so packed there were quite a few games that I actually forgot released this year. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, for instance, released this year, and I know that's more right. appreciated overseas. Um, Remnant 2 was another game where I was like, yeah, that was 2022. Yeah, big uh, fan Fire, of Remnant 2. Fire Emblem Engage was this year as well. Oh, a man. lot of <laughs> a lot of games that I enjoy, but I, I was just like, oh yeah, that was last year, surely. There was too many things that came this year for that, those games to be on this list. Uh, Remnant 2's newest DLC just dropped, and me and my friends have been hammering away at that. But even as someone who enjoyed this game, it released the second half of this year, and I'm just, I'm so, like, mind-boggled at that. I was, like, 100% certain it was a 2022 release. Yeah. I mean, conceptually, like, a Diablo release is, like, a huge deal. Like, it's been 12 years since Diablo 3, and that happened, and I kind of, like, it just kind of, like, flew right through me. (laughs) So... As somebody who played Diablo 4, that's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like anything that came out like pre-Tears of the Kingdom kind of got the shaft. Um, like, I know I pay attention a lot to the cozy gaming community and like, I totally forgot that like Bay- Bayonetta Origins came out earlier this year. Um, another one that I think is underrated, what I'm playing right now is SteamWorld Build. I don't hear a lot of talk about it. And honestly, it's pretty good. Like, I know um, another similar game city skylines 2 came out earlier that um i think in the fall um i don't hear a lot of talk about those and then another one was silent hope i know that was at a nintendo direct recently and a lot of people had hype about that but again i don't hear a lot of chatter about it i actually just wanted to piggyback on that real quick allison i'm playing steam world build as well i'm doing it for review didn't quite get in time for um for release but i agree it's it's a nice little delight at the end of the year and um uh, I want to shout out my, my coworker buddy, Steve, who loves City Skylines. It was like his most anticipated game of this year was City Skylines 2. And I was just like, whoa, like that really puts it in perspective, given like all the big budget, you know, the big games of 2023. And to see someone going ham for, for, for that one particular release was cool. So I put him on to, to SteamWorld as well. Um, also, Hi-Fi Rush. I was yeah. going to bring that up again. I love Hi-Fi Rush. It is like... It's every game I played on, like, the GameCube in 2003. Like, just updated. It's beautiful. I love it so much. And that was a game that came out, like, Shadow Drop in February. So, of course, that was going to get forgotten later in the year. Like, people were saying, like, you can't believe it. Fire Emblem Engage came out the same year. Dead Space Remake came out the same year. If anything, I remember Hi-Fi Rush for being an Xbox Games Pass stealth drop than anything more than anything else um but yeah i will also shout out a couple of the sort of um i think these are sort of games that tend to be a little bit less discussed by sort of video games journalists at large um they're kind of more games that are really the type of game that's really popular on steam 
and in Discord lobbies, but not so much like on the front page of IGN so much. But definitely games like Lethal Company and Battlebit Remastered uh, were are really huge. They're like top top twenty five Steam player count like today. Uh, I've heard mixed things about the finals, all caps, but people are playing it, so good for them, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think every year there's a couple of sort of like indie early access e games that come out and it's it's a little hard to say what year they actually came out in but you know lethal company and Battlebit are games that have definitely taken over the the friend the 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 gamer friend discord by storm so people playing that religiously these days so shout outs to shout outs to the guy who made lethal company i think he's a solo dev he's probably made 10 million dollars this year in his separate life <laughs> yeah but they're like it's like we keep saying like every time someone speaks in this podcast and mentions a couple of games three more pop into my head yeah like and that's what we were saying before about like you know like i said i can't give this a five out of five for a year but it felt like every single week some like on average some notable release came out that even if it's kind of a niche thing even if it's city skylines too even if it's this weird early access game on steam. Like there's just always something coming out and I want to shout out. This is not my kind of game, but I know a lot of people love, love, love Pikmin. And we had Pikmin four this year, the first new Pikmin game in over a decade, except that shitty 3ds one. But, uh, but that's the thing for a lot of people, that's a huge deal. And like, maybe that's not a big deal for me personally, but it's definitely a big deal for someone. And you know, power to them you know city skylines too yeah yeah <laughs> uh so we're all really positive right now i want to i want to suck us into the darkness i want to bring us into the, the abyss what was the worst game you played this year or or the biggest disappointment some that you really had high hopes for that just kind of fell flat yeah but or yeah what do you got dave <laughs> I, I was i wasn't gonna go so far as to call it the worst game Dave is about this. He's so ready. Jump into the darkness. Yeah, I'm ready to jump in here. Not the worst game I played. Final Fantasy 16. And the reason it's the biggest, I mean, easily, by far, the biggest disappointment for me this year. And it's not to say the game is, quote unquote, bad. It's, Kay and I were talking about it offline, like, uh, a couple of days ago. And I don't know what I was expecting from the game, but I know that what I got was not really what I wanted. And um, what I mean by that... It feels like going from a game like Final Fantasy 15, which was a hodgepodge of really poorly executed ideas, but at least one that had a thread and one that had like some degree of heart and creativity at the at the at the core. It feels like we went to a game that feels a lot more hollow and and like at the surface level, more better executed, like people like the combat looks decent enough as Yoshi P who produced it. Obviously, did wonders with Final Fantasy fourteen. Continues to do wonders, but I feel like for me, I just find myself like fast forwarding through dialogue, being like, "Yeah, it sounds pretty, but I'm I'm not really engaged in the story." Um, th- there's the whole like discourse about just the whole like slavery component in the game that I thought that would be my biggest thing that I took issue with, but it's actually just like I'm just kind of bored. It feels like a cheap Game of Thrones knockoff that I can't. I'm just looking forward to Rebirth, man. Like, I just, it looks so much, I want i want to ride on a freaking Segway. I want to do stupid stuff. I want to, like, go and choke about races. I want to do what Final Fantasy is, which is 
fun mini games and being goofy and stuff like that. And there's none of that goof in 16. It's all meh. Yeah. I almost want to do like a postmortem episode on 16, David, when we both finish it, we should try to yeah. get something like that going. Cause it's, it's definitely, it, it has a, like a lack of soul. I think for, for every final fantasy, like mainline final fantasy um, has, even if it was stupid, it felt really, genuine even if that genuineness like in some cases that genuineness was bad like i think in final fantasy for like the final fantasy 13 trilogy the genuineness in that game is that the producer loves lighting and that's what defines that trilogy for better or for worse but at least it's genuine and i think 16 it really feels like they're trying to port over the final fantasy 14 expansion development process into something sustainably mainline console game worthy and that the writers room collectively was like game of thrones is good let's try to make that and i i don't think they really have the the capability to tackle it in a meaningful way and so it comes off as feeling very very contrived i think and so i agree with you there that it was maybe not the biggest disappointment i'm not sure what that would be but it was definitely a disappointment i think forespoken easily is like the biggest disappointment Mm -hmm. objective like that I think having the double, you think, oh, I'm interested in what you have, Sam, but I just feel like Square Enix 2, one game was a flat out disappointment. And then the other game, a lot of people liked, but I just think from a, like a POC perspective, they both feel like failures in my eyes, you know? Uh, I Well, I want to see if anyone else has a, a non-Final Fantasy 16 answer or a Forspoken answer before I jump in. Jason, Allison, what do you guys got? So I was actually thinking um, Redfall. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't actually play it this year, but I wanted to play it. And it, I mean, it's just absolute garbage. Sorry. Clint, Clint is like, but <laughs> spidey that, sense is tickling. Yeah. Allison, yeah. to call it garbage is a compliment. That game is ass. I know. Yeah. I, I forgot about that. That is more of a disappointment for me. It's like more of a disappointment around like arcane and what happened to them than really just like the game itself like i probably wouldn't have played it wasn't really my style of game anyway but just the fact that arcane kind of pivoted so hard from their tried and true immerse immersive sim roots to something really like not to say they're chasing the trends but a multiplayer persist or sort of like online looter extraction shooter-esque type deal and then having it flop and then all the reports where it's like yeah 50 percent of the employees left and the other half actively wanted microsoft to cancel this game it's just like pretty heartbreaking yeah yeah and i want to i want to reiterate that like when games like this release it is not because the people working on it didn't try hard enough it's definitely a management issue a, a much larger issue but the worst part to me about the actual game redfall is it okay it does have those arcane uh, like immersive sim elements to it, they just don't matter. They don't do anything. It doesn't matter if you you could just go in guns blazing. It doesn't matter at all. Allison, was that your experience too with that? No. So I actually haven't even bothered playing it because of everything that I've heard. Well, then I can't. I'm not going to bother. Don't. I downloaded it, played it for an hour and a half, and then deleted it from my library. Like all yeah. in one fell swoop. <laughs> And speaking of multiplayer extraction shooters that were not cooked quite to perfection, uh, me and my friends were keeping watch on the day before when it was going through its development cycles and announced, uh, just as like a mindless zombie shooter kind of game that 
me and my friends enjoy, the ones that don't like RPGs. And then when it came out and it, I think, hit 15% on Steam immediately, that was the point where I was like, okay, I think I'll step off of this project for right now. 15% is rough. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Even the most stalwart defenders were not able to get the tide back. You see a game at 50% on Steam and you're like, oh. Yeah, wild. All right, well, the next I want to ask, uh, so I don't want to ask anyone here what their game of the year is because readers of our site should check out the site for any upcoming end-of-year lists. We already got a cozy game list from Allison. It's lovely. You should all read it. But I do want to ask, what would you say was the most notable trend or theme of the games of 2023? Something, if there's a through line, something we can say, this was the year of blank. David, what do you got for me? So question. So it's trying to find a through line through as many games as possible. Cause I can, I can name you a through line. I don't think it's the through line. Sure. Why, why don't you just, so name, do you want that like an opera? Yeah. Just, uh, just what was yeah. a through line that, that uh, so stuck out to you? One through line you mentioned it yourself is definitely, this was a year of remasters and remakes for sure. Um, and I would, I would say particularly pretty, pretty high quality ones. So you'd saw uh, Metroid prime one remaster, it was dubbed a remaster by retro, but by all intents and purposes, like a lot of the assets feels like they were redone. Um, so people were pleasantly surprised at the quality of the remaster kind of blurs the lines. Obviously we had uh, dead space uh, remake. We had Resident Evil or remaster. We had a dead um, Resident Evil four remake Super Mario RPG. I think we're, am I missing? I'm missing one too. Star ocean, star, star ocean, ocean had a remake. So like, a lot of really high quality games. Was, was Last of Us Part One this year? No, that was last. That year. might be. Was that last was last year. year. Okay, but also okay. like there is also um, a Quake Two Enhanced Edition, right. which I know most people probably don't care about, but that did. System Shock out. had a remake too, actually. Mar- right, Mario RPG. Yep, Mario RPG. Yeah, lots of so lots of um, digging. You know, paying homage to the past or giving games. <laughs> that aren't terribly old, a, a, a refresh for the modern era or modern generation. Not, I wouldn't call that the defining trend of 2023 because there were so many through lines, but that was certainly a big one. Yeah, I think in terms of games, it's it's not quite as easy for me to find a specific through line, at least not in terms of games that were good. There were a lot of games that I think were f- sort of failures that had like defining trends. Like I think there's a growing movement towards trying to capture the essence of a good extraction shooter that I don't know has been working out realistically. Like I still feel like the, the good extraction shooters are, you know, still, or the ones that are being played are kind of the ones that people have been playing for a while, but people are definitely trying to break into that space. I mean, Bungie did announce marathon and then quickly said it's an extraction shooter, which I is not really what I thought marathon sequel remake would be, but I guess they're chasing that market again. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say the trend I was thinking of was a significantly more doomer trend, but it has nothing to do with the quality of the games themselves, I suppose, since the games themselves were good. I would say one trend that I saw this year, uh, was games that kind of came back from the dead, I guess. So games that have been announced like years and years ago, like Starfield and Tears of the Kingdom and Pikmin 4. Um, I feel like it's just been a year for that where 
games that have been highly anticipated for so long have finally been released. Cyberpunk was finally the game we thought yeah. it would be. <laughs> yeah. I count that. Yeah, I guess the thing that that was actually kind of nice to see was we got a year of a lot of big expansive games that didn't feel like they were it didn't feel like the AAA games this year were as cynically done as they were in previous years. Like there wasn't like I didn't play like an Assassin's Creed Valhalla or a uh, like Horizon Forbidden West or something where it's just these like big open collectathons that I didn't really care for. Right. It's like Baldur's Gate seems like a very sincere RPG. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom to me is a masterpiece, one of the greatest games ever made. I am going to be this site's biggest Starfield defender. <laughs> There's a lot of nonsense in that game, but the stuff it does well, it does really well. Um, even like a game like Jedi Survivor going sort of pseudo open world. I didn't love that game as much as everyone else, but like it did succeed in that part. It was a tasteful game. Yeah. yeah. It certainly was not like crazy in the open world stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll give them shit for the PC port. That was kind of, Oh no, it was bad on PS five too. I played an Xbox series. But, uh, no one played a good version of that game. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Also six, I mean, 16 also when we're talking about performance stuff. That game is still, I, I maybe that's a trend. How about like games, um, having like a performance mode and then you put on the performance mode and you're like, this isn't a performance mode. Like, like this isn't 60 frames. This isn't a stable. Like I, I'm looking at 16. I'm playing and I'm like, maybe it goes from 30 frames to 35. And like the, the pacing is all over the place. I get so frustrated. Just talk about that damn game. Bonus point to Starfield. There is no performance mode, so it couldn't. Oh, so it you couldn't can't disappoint get upset you. about it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Redfall 2. I don't know if this year's uh, performance stuff was any any more or less egregious than in the past. I feel like Digital Foundry has been pretty much as busy as they've always been, but nothing especially crazy as far as performance woes go. If anything, I feel like we didn't get like a AAA game that combusted on release, and that's a good thing. Maybe Diablo 4 release was worse than I remembered. I mean, Forspoken. <laughs> That was just a bad game, though. Like, oh, what do you mean? You just mean like, like a good never... game performance-wise, right? I, I get what you're saying. Like, like, like an Overwatch when Overwatch launched, had a ton of issues, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or when? Well, I guess Overwatch Two did happen, but that was bad. I don't think, was so that this year? Maybe that's. That was that was last, that was last year, right? year. Man, who knows at this point? That's the point of this whole episode. We don't know when these it games all come blurs. Out yeah, it all blurs together. Yeah. Yeah, especially with like early access and stuff, they definitely um kind of blend together. I believe Overwatch 2 was released last year, and then this year they actually canceled the PvE for real. Uh, kind of a big story that kind of went under the radar, because who cares about Overwatch Also, right of now, all I the guess. things that are happening with Blizzard in the past year, past couple of years, it's probably not the top of its... Uh, not the most notable story for Blizzard. Given the yes, Microsoft acquisition true. and all of the lawsuits and everything. Uh, Jason, what kind of trend did you see this year? So I hate to piggyback off of my betters yet again. Let me just get in that backpack real quick. Um, but I think that this year is really the year of the next logical step. We see games that are remakes that are doing a really good job at expanding on the core concepts of the game. Uh, I, I wasn't able to play the Super Mario RPG, but there is a game called Risk of Rain Returns, which is a remake of a roguelike called Risk of Rain, which added a lot of features, not just characters, but new abilities to use, uh, minor accessibility features, uh, better multiplayer. 
you see games like Tears of the Kingdom, which takes the Breath of the Wild formula, adds on a huge crafting mechanic that revolutionizes how you think of puzzles in the game, when Breath of the Wild was already a game which made you think about puzzles in nine different completely jarring ways. Uh, you have games like Baldur's Gate 3, which takes the the CRPG genre to its next logical step by making it the huge, bombastic, budget-laden uh, games that you can get lost in for hundreds upon hundreds of hours. I really think that this was a really big year for taking the, what's going to probably be a next big step in triple A's, which we might not see the next biggest step for another half decade. That's a really good point. And that like, we, we now know more than ever about how, how long it's going to take for these games to exist for these big, I think it was like Jason Schreier at Bloomberg tweeted a few months ago that the game dev cycles for big triple A releases is so big now that a game that starts development right now probably won't, exist until the PlayStation 6 that like these games are just in development for years and years and years and so this year as also has mentioned like there are a lot of games that took a long time to get here but now they're here and now what's next now it's GTA 6 2025 we'll see it's Metroid Prime 4 we'll see it's you know uh Dragon Age uh was it Dreadwolf we'll see Mass yeah. Effect 5 we'll see like we just have no idea when these games are coming and it feels like it's this was one of the last years might be the last year for a while where we actually get big release after big release after big release after big release every single month. It's a little crazy to think about that way because I, I, I don't know how other people think about this, but I mean, certainly the switch is at the end of its life cycle and, and I'm sure, you know, for switch Two, Nintendo has probably been holding, you know, Metro prime four is a likely candidate for something big to, to, to pair with the, the switch Two or whatever we call it. But when I think of like the PlayStation Five specifically, I'm this is maybe a, again a hot take that that is just mine alone. But with a lot of the cross-gen uh, games that Sony launched with, like just due to COVID and and wanting to kind of play to where its audience was at the time, I feel like we've yet to maybe Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two for me at least is the first time we've had like a big killer app AAA you know Sony produced title. Um, on the platform, you could say Rift Apart, right? But Insomniac's really been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So that's why I asked myself, well, when are we going to get Last of Us Factions? Like, are we going to get another Naughty Dog game? Are we going to get something else from Sucker Punch? It is very interesting to think about what the the next several years looks like, uh, at least on the Sony, the Sony side. I think uh, Xbox, at least, we kind of know what their roadmap looks like. I think Xbox has like a stated, stated roadmap. Yeah. I think Hellblade two next year. Their track rock. Well, yeah, we'll Allegedly. see if they follow through. I think David, <laughs> you and I talked about this briefly. The 24, 24 release calendar is definitely a little bit more sparse. I think in terms of the, the really big yeah. hitters, uh, than, than this year felt, um, I guess those are the knock on effects of COVID and so on and so forth. But, uh, we'll, we'll see how next year shapes up for sure. I don't know what you're talking about. Skull and bones is going to be sick. I'm so excited to see how, like, not to play no. that game. I just want to see it out in the open and just, like, I just want to read about it. Like, I just want to experience it vicariously through the people who are brave enough to play that game and pay $60 for it or $69. It might be I hope it's not. It doesn't retail for $70. It, it, that's not going to matter. It's going to be the Morbius of video games. It's going to be like, no one's going to actually like it, but they're going to try it. They got have morbid uh, curiosity. They better, they better retail that game for, like, 40 bucks. 
if they want it's to It's a Ubisoft game. Wait, wait two weeks, it'll be Maybe $10, we $10. Can. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can convince Ubisoft to re-release it on PS6, and then they'll realize no one actually wanted it, and we memed it into existence. We need to meme more things know. into existence. More, more Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones 2 should be announced the week before Skull and Bones comes out. Uh, anyway, does anyone have any final thoughts? I, I wanted I don't want to steal your thunder. I do want to ask because I think it's oh, a, it. it's a natural natural piece. But I'm curious, just given it's a little more sparse in 2024, or at least a lot of the games might we might not have even um, the announcement might not not have been made yet. We might be having to wait until you know sometime in the in the new year to see what what com- what shakes. But what what currently is everyone's like most anticipated game of 2024? The in-depth game plan for Monster Hunter Wilds, the game for 2025. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'd say for me, um, Princess Peach Showtime. Nice. Great pick. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that, too. I was going to say that yeah. one, so I'm just going to stick with Paper Mario Thousand Year Door Remake. Hmm. Yeah, I have probably three that are like really up there. Dragon Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh and then Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, as well as Rise of the Ronin, which is the new game from um, uh, you know the people who are responsible for Neo One and Two. Uh, Neo Two definitely a game I got into this year. One of my you know top ten, top five games of all time. So I'm very excited for for those three. Nice. So yeah. definitely seven seven Rebirth for me. Yeah, we got some we got some interesting games coming out this year. I bet, and I bet in the next couple months we'll get a lot of information on some other big new releases potentially that allegedly will come out in 2024 according to the xbox allegedly hey everyone welcome back to the punish podcast uh for the second half of this episode i'm taking the baton from sam and i'm now being joined by sam and fellow punish backlog editor uh amanda tien uh, and we are here to talk about Fantasy Gaming 2023. Uh, so for those who might not be in the know, Fantasy Gaming was a tradition that we kicked off uh, several years ago. I believe 2018 was when we did our first Fantasy Gaming, and that was a fun experience. Um, I wrote up these very long recaps, and it kind of became too much. So we did a smaller scale in 2023, rebooted it with the three of us, uh, the editorial team, basically drafting six games and uh, averaging the Metacritic scores of them to determine uh, placement, uh, top four games. And uh, we've gone through some twists and turns, some peaks and valleys. And so here I am after kind of neglecting the past uh, five or six months of updates to give you uh, and everyone here, the the rundown of how the standings shook out. And uh, I'm the only one who knows the results right now, so it's kind of exciting. Uh, I guess before we d- dive into it real quick, Sam, Amanda, any thoughts on uh, your current standings based on your your games? How do you think things went? Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I would say... I think I have a good shot, but Amanda's team is really good too. We we both made a lot of good picks. Uh, I don't know. I know it's it's stressing me out, or it's been stressing me out, and I've been working really hard on not calculating these scores in my free time, even though I desperately want to. And 
I just, I do have occasional moments though, where I, I relive, there was this one day where we did our redraft um, and, uh, or not the redraft, but we, we picked some up and did some drops and I did not pick Mario Wonder when I had the chance and I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine. I don't regret it at all. I'm so fine. Don't give too much away. Don't give yeah, too much so, away. I know David's got a, he's doing a quick he's recap. He's going to do Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Let's, let's get into it. Um, thanks by the way, for not saying that I have a chance, but that's, that's cool. Um, sorry. <laughs> Look, right. we all know, we all know say, what we drafted. I'll say it. I don't think. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't say you didn't have a chance. I just said that. I think Amanda and I have a better chance. Let's get, let's, uh, let's get into I'll, it. I'll say it. Yeah. So, so to recap, the last time we did a written fantasy gaming update was in June um, 2023. If you June 2023, and so that was basically we had each drafted six games off a of board, and I'll recap those six games for you all here. We have first up Team Amanda, team name Tears of the Backlog, and you had drafted with your number one pick the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. You drafted Hollow Knight Silk Song with your second pick. You drafted oh. Dead Space Remake with your third pick, then Baldur's Gate 3, then Redfall, and then lastly, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Sam, Team Sam, team name A Hair Below Cromulent. Anyone who's read Sam's stuff on the site knows that Cromulent is his favorite word. He is 90% composed of Cromulency. Like a Hideo Kojima. Cromulence. Is that a word? Cromulence? I, I don't think Cromulent's a word either. No, it's it's not a word. It's, it's a perfectly prominent word. Uh, Sam, with yeah. his first pick, drafted Starfield. He then drafted Resident Evil 4 Remake. Then Forza Motorsport. Street Fighter 6. Fire Emblem Engage. And lastly, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. And then my team, Team David, Too Fast, Too Fantasy. I drafted Final Fantasy 16. Then I drafted Diablo 4. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Suicide <laughs> Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and then Last of Us Factions. So, man, you could not get through no, Suicide Squad. No, I choked squad up on laughing. that. That was bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically uh mechanic of the game was we we weren't going to aggregate all 6 right off the bat from doing it a couple years back, I know that delays happen. And so to make the game accessible and not like runaway victories for certain people, we had a rule where uh, you would only take the top four of your six scores. So theoretically, if we didn't do a redraft um, or a waiver wire pickup, uh, even if two games get delayed, as long as the other four release, you'd have four scores to work with. Um, even so, Sam, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, got uh got delayed and for me suicide squad and last of us factions got dropped but i have some notes here on the side i will say real quick amanda your first half 2023 highlights certainly tears of the kingdom with a strong strong 96 and then dead space remake i would say would also very strong with an 89 your low light of h1 i'm kind of going superlatives with this uh your low light <laughs> was definitely red fall with a 56 <laughs> that was fun and then I think at the time, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, Amanda, but I think the question marks for your team was Baldur's Gate 3, would it be good? And then I have in parentheses on my notes here, lol. Mm -hmm. uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, would it come out? And yeah. also <laughs> lol in, question mark, uh, in parentheses. And then Assassin's Creed Mirage, mm -hmm. would anyone care? Or would it be, you know, would people care about the, the smaller size game? And I think it's eh, 
maybe is kind of how it came out. It, not not as much as I would have hoped uh, with that draft, but I, I feel pleased with my Baldur's Gate three research. Um, I felt like it paid off, so that made me feel good yeah, about myself for sure. But, yeah, um, Mirage was cromulent. Cromulent, <laughs> yes, yes, cromulent use of the word. Uh, Sam, your H one twenty twenty three highlights certainly Resident Evil four remake ninety three, Street Fighter six ninety two, and then your great pick. <laughs> I have it here, Team Cromulence. It was cromulent game. And that's Fire Emblem Engage with an 80. Perfectly passable score. You know, I, I, I was kind of surprised Engage only got an 80 yeah. just because, like, the biggest weebs love these games and always rate them super highly. So, like, an 80 is like, I don't know, man, this must be yeah. one of the wacker. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Three Houses was kind of an outlier in terms of just how much people like the story. Not to say people don't like Fire Emblem. I was a little surprised, but um, let me tell you, I, I haven't. In a very stacked year, I have not even thought twice about not picking that game up. So, and the fact that it's an eighty means, like, it's still a good game. You know, it's still worth playing. I literally forgot it came out yeah. this year. I mean, honestly, there's of all the cromulent games that you could play that I have not, even among the games that are like eighty or below yeah. Metacritic, I'd probably rather play like Mirage. Oh, or totally. Something like that. Yeah, I'd rather play Mirage. Or even well. like Sonic Superstars. Yeah, I don't know. agreed. Um. Again, your swing and a miss was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, not because it's going to be a bad game, but just because it slipped out of 2023 and moved to uh, the beginning of 2024. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, I think your rest of the year questions at the time was uh, Starfield, would it live up to the hype? And then again, I have lol. Uh, And Forza Motorsport, how good would it be? And uh, I think, be honest, do you think Forza Motorsport uh, reviewed in the realm of what you expected? I mean, in retrospect, I should have realized that the Forza Motorsport games always score a little bit mm-hmm. lower every generate every time a new one comes yeah. out. So I was thinking like back when I was in high school and like I think it was Forza Motorsport 3 came out and that got like 90s everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well, then all of these games are going to get this. And right. then they, as much as I like the new Forza Motorsport, they're all kind of the same. So like, I don't know how much better I could possibly expect it to be. Right. Yeah, I expected it to be a little higher. And I know you, what did you remind me what you gave in your review? Uh, I think I gave an 8.2 or an 8.3. Yeah. That's one of those things where like that, that's what it deserves. Yeah. Given it's such a well-designed game. It's such a well-crafted game. Everything looks really good. Everything plays really well, yeah. but you know, it's, it's a racing game. There's not, there's not a ton of bells and whistles, not a lot of creativity. It is what it is, yeah. you know? Oh, and before anyone cries, oh, conflict of interest. Um, we are we contribute to OpenCritic.com, but we don't contribute to Metacritic, and Metacritic is where we're getting all the scores for these. So we did not influence the scores here in any way. Um, as for me, Too Fast, Too Fantasy, my H1 2023 highlight is consistency. This is the marketing spin that I'm going to give it. <laughs> I was consistent. I was nothing if not consistent. So I had Final Fantasy 16 with a beautiful 87. I was disappointed inside. I wanted like a 90. I wanted a 98. Uh, Diablo. Can, can, can I say something real yeah. quick? Sorry. Yeah. I, I just want to p- comment that both of our number one picks, David, yours scored about what it deserved, but you were disappointed by yes. it. Mine scored a lot lower than I thought it would be, but I liked it more than the score suggests. Yeah. Just this weird, bizarro world we have. Well, with it's kind of flipped for me. Like, I'm enjoying 16 worse than the score. I don't think I would personally give it an 8 7. I mean, people might notice we didn't review 16 for the site, and that's because um, I was planning to 
chime in with some thoughts, and I'm still trying to collect my thoughts on what I think. I recently got back into it. I think it's a better game than I initially gave it credit for, but it's an 87 is more than fair for, for what this game offers. It's it's nothing above that for any by any stretch. Um, but yeah, speaking of which, I drafted Diablo 4, which had an 87. Same thing. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, 85. I actually really enjoyed Jedi Survivor. Gave it about a similar score. I think I gave it an 8.6. Um, but yeah, that has an 85. So a lot of mid to slightly higher eights. Not usually enough to win in a competition like this, but um, and it doesn't help that I had talk about duds for this section. Uh, Suicide Squad, I think, mercifully got delayed. Had it hit, I would have been in much, much deeper waters uh, there. So it's actually a blessing that that game did not hit. And then Last of Us Factions, um, I think, I don't know what I was thinking, drafting that one. That one, I don't even know if we're going to get it next year, if it even is in. Or ever. Ever, Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a game that's in limbo. And then I think my big bet for the rest of the year at that point in time, again, back in June 2023, was Marvel Spider-Man 2 would it be enough to put me over the top, right? That game would have needed to be hell of a... It's a great game. Would have needed to be a hell of a game for me to, to pull ahead in any way, shape, or form. But I digress. That's why we decided to tweak the, the rules a little bit. And so in July 2023, we did a waiver wire pickup. So for anyone who's familiar with uh, fantasy football, fantasy baseball, etc., uh, pickups waiver wire lets you uh, drop some ba- bad players on your lineup and pick up better players. And so how this worked was we did a snake order. Amanda went first, then Sam, then me, me, Sam, Amanda. And we each had the option to drop a game and replace it with another game. And um, Amanda had the top pick and the last pick. Sam had the second pick and the second to last. And I had the uh, third and fourth picks. So I'll just recap real quick what went on here. So, Amanda, with your number one pick, you dropped Redfall. Again, a 56 game. Smart. Yeah, easy. And you, yeah. Yep, and you picked up uh, Super Mario RPG Remake. Yes, I did. Very good game. Yes, Very I game. did. Yes, I did. Good game. Maybe not the best game <laughs> of the group. Uh, Sam, with his second pick, dropped Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because it got delayed. And he picked up Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Woo-hoo! which uh, I think is probably the consensus number one pick for the rest of the year. But uh, good picks back to back in any case. That's nice. I Thanks, had the third David. pick. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, nothing if not diplomatic. Uh, pick number three, I dropped Suicide Squad. Uh, and I grabbed Mortal Kombat 1, thinking at the time, well, Sam did the 92 Street Fighter 6 play. This has to be a big one. Uh, <laughs> and eh, we'll get to it, but it wasn't wasn't quite as, as fr- uh, fruitful as I would have hoped. With my fourth pick, I dropped The Last of Us Factions, and I picked up Pikmin 4, which was a much uh, better... Maybe I did it flipped. I might have had this flipped. I think I went Pikmin first, and then I went uh, Mortal Kombat. But in any case, Pikmin... You made the two picks that uh, that both of us wish we could have made (laughs) at the time. exactly. Um, Sam came back around with a fifth pick, dropped Fire Emblem Engage, picked up Alan Wake 2. That ended up up being quite the the net for you, Sam. Kudos. And then Amanda, with the number six pick, you dropped nothing. And so you you chose to stick with uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, which I still think was a smart pick because you never know. It could have shadow dropped and could have been like an awesome 95 game. Never would have known. And there is still hope that it drops by the end of the year. But until then, we'll have to go with the uh, the final score. So and then I have in my my notes here and now in a drum roll with a bunch of emojis. But uh, before we uh, reveal the results, do either of you have a strong thought on who won? No, I'll say right now it was not me. 
Surprise shocker. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, uh, no, I think I think I've I, I said this in our, our Discord chat before. I'm like fully prepared to lose to Sam by a few points. I think that I the beginning of the year was a really fun lesson in math for me, <laughs> how I could have Tears of the Kingdom and Redfall on my team and just see my average tank. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that the the Mario game will haunt me uh, for years to come and I'll, I'm fine about it. Um, <laughs> that's my gut instinct. I, I don't have much. I, I honestly don't know. Because if you have two... It, two of the best reviewed games of all time on your list, you will always have that slight advantage. Um, for David, I want to say to you, yeah, it really is a testament to this year's the quality of this year's releases. Yeah, yes. that you that you didn't win, and like you didn't pick bad games. No. You only picked games that were well, depending on how you feel about Final Fantasy or whatever. But like, yeah, Jedi Survivor, and Diablo, yeah, these are well regarded. Spider Man's great. Like, these are all yeah. really well regarded, good games. Though all of these games are going to appier on some of our top ten oh, or tier lists this year. You know, no, I'm looking at I'm looking at all the games. Like, I have like a graphic with the final results in front of me right now, and looking at them just to give you some like high level stats before we dive into the meat and potatoes. It's like. So we each had six games, so it's 18 total. So 17 out of the 18 games were all green from Metacritic, which means at least wow, I think, yeah. a 70, 75 and above. Wow. The low score was a 76. We had one game in the 70s with a 76. We had a whole lot of games in the mid to high 80s. And then we had still several games in low low to high 90s. We had a lot of 90s. It's really crazy. Had, yeah. Yeah. We had one red game, and the only reason it's red is because it, it, it didn't come out, and that's Silk Song. Yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> it's like no one, no one, gr- granted, I mean, we did, Redfall would have been yes. certainly <laughs> a, a middling game, but like that aside and the delayed games, like we really did not make many misses on this draft. So, yeah, your, your draft's only crime, David, is that you didn't have, you know, decade or era defining video games on your yeah. list, which is well, insane that the rest that Sam and I have multiple yeah. ones, which is crazy. Uh, also, will, the real crime is that Baldur's Gate 3 and Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 6 were both fourth round picks. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Um, what the hell are we thinking, man? Yeah, I'm looking at we all we, we all drafted worse in our third round collectively uh i think amanda was the only one with the first 90 on the board with uh tears of the kingdom but um i'll also note sam that i i think i'll get into this a little more when i read out the results but the the top four distinction versus just averaging the games out makes quite the difference so i i talked about myself being king of consistency had we gone with the full average i mean i still would not have i still would have been in (laughs) I would not be I would not have won, but it would have been a little closer anyway. So I'll read out the the full list. So we'll start with you, Sam. So Starfield and I just checked Metacritic and the way I did it is I checked uh, whichever game had uh, the most reviews on a platform. That's the score I went for to have the largest sample size. So Starfield, uh, the Metacritic settled at an 83. Again, we said Resident Evil 4 with a 93 Forza with an 84. Street Fighter 2 with a 92. Alan Street Fighter Wake. 6. Sorry, what did I say? Street Fighter 2? Street Fighter 2, yeah. Um, and, yeah the GOAT. That, that's, that is a good game. Goat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Street Fighter 6 with a 92. Alan Wake 2 with an 88. And then Super Mario Bros. Wonder with a 92. 
Very, very strong scores. And keep in mind, we're only taking the top four. So if you take out, mm-hmm. you essentially cut out Starfield and Forza, and you're left with your floor is 88. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about me. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 with an 87, Diablo 4, 87, Jedi Survivor, 85, Spider Man 2, 90. Good score. Mortal Kombat 1, 83. That one was disappointing. And Pikmin 4, 87. Very respectable. So uh, you basically cut out the 85 and the 83. My floor was three 87s, and then my high was a 90. So. Not not quite enough per se. Uh, and then Amanda with the big swings. You had Tears of the Kingdom, 96. Silk Song, delay, you know, not, yeah. not this year. So have to unfortunately give it a zero. Dead Space Remake, 89. Baldur's Gate 3, 96. Super Mario RPG, 84. And uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, 76. So the zero and the 76 dropout. Your floor is 80, 84, but your ceiling's 296s. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. So. When we super score, we take the top four scores uh, and we average them. In third place, you have drum roll. <laughs> drum roll for David. <laughs> uh, too fast, too fantasy. Team David with 87.8. Still good. I mean, I'm just saying, still good. Yeah. And then here's where we say it gets spicy. Tied for first what? place what? with 91.3 apiece. We have a hair before a hair below cromulent, Sam, and Tears of the Backlog. Amanda, now I will say, right, tied. I was looking at this. I was like, wow. Yep. You both tied. So I had to go to a tiebreaker. Ooh. <gasps> wait, oh, oh. I, need a, I need a moment. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm like, my, so, my little heart is just beating really fast. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm fine. So. So I thought about this two ways, right? So the rules, I, I stuck with the rules. The rules was... I'm, see, I'm, sorry, I'm like crouching in the corner. <laughs> Amanda's like going to a fetal position. Amanda, you are, more, you are more in a fetal position than your cat. I am. Right that's now. true. Yeah, you can see her too. She's chilling and I am just in full anxiety mode. It's, also, fake, it's fake video game fantasy league. And yet I'm so worked up. I'm fine. Okay. No, this is real. This is real. This is real, this is real action. Okay, go ahead, David. Sorry. So I think, correct me if you two, tell me if you feel differently. I feel like the only way to settle a tiebreaker was to, in fact, average out the rest of the games and let's see. Oh! Amanda, get the, that doesn't give it away. Right? No! Now, let's will, go! So, so, yeah. Team Cherry, Team Cherry saved me. Oh, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even if you took out, I did it two ways, Amanda, if it's any consolation. It if is. you take out, if you take out Silk Song, and you just average your top five games, you would have had an average score of 88.2, which still would have been uh, my top four, which was 87.8, and you would have beaten my full average, which was 86.5. Um, Sam's full average was still an 88.7. So, you, Sam, you still would have won by half a point. Once you incorporate Silk Song and you count it as a zero, your average is 73.5, Amanda, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that score. No, it's still very respectable. By all intents... By by, by the slimmest of margins, you you <laughs> lost the fantasy crown, uh, Amanda. You know what? That makes me feel a lot Amanda's better. Our, though. It's our victor. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, Sam. Frame, Congratulations. Do not frame this as Amanda lost the crown. <laughs> frame it as I won the crown. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this let, is an asset framing mindset here. Okay. <laughs> let us remind the audience that Amanda had the opportunity during waiver wire with the number one pick to draft 
Super Mario Bros. Wonder and had she how, done that would have pretty handily won. dare you re-remind us in that moment when I've already brought it up like three times. How dare you? Wait, 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 wait. But Amanda, but Amanda, in fairness, I would not have drafted Alan Wake 2 if Mortal Kombat 1 mm. and Pikmin were still on the board. Interesting. So for both, both of us, a drafting the wrong game or not the game we, we thought we, we wanted just it's it's a it's a it's a crapshoot sometimes nope. and sometimes yeah. it makes you the winner like me i'm the winner me <laughs> <laughs> he's like i need to get that in, in case you were all aware that sam won sam won guys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no that's a really that is really interesting yeah and i mean i remember that waiver wire none of us were taking alan like too yeah quite i thought it was a miss on my i th- yeah, we didn't take it serious enough. Major oversight. I, I just yeah. the, here's the thing. I, I just played. I picked it because I don't even remember what else was on the board at that point. Yeah, it was just like stuff I, I didn't trust. I was it was probably some other Ubisoft nonsense or like the Avatar game or something. And yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't trust any of this. Alan Wake is at least going to be like fine. And apparently, everyone loves it except Amanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> to clarify, I do really like Alan Wake too. I, I am I'm thinking. Just, I am thinking of writing a piece soon about Alan Wake too, where I have some grumpy thoughts. So stay tuned on our site yeah. to, to to read yeah. what those are. But wow, yeah, that's that's pain. I mean, it's pain I can at least tolerate. I feel better knowing that I at least tied yeah. for a moment. There. No, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> like it and was like Mario RPG is a very very good game. Like I, I finished it recently. Like it. I'm surprised it got as low as it did. Thank you, Sam. That means a lot. It means that you're like the Nintendo King slash Mario King. So you definitely would know. Oh, that's all right. Well, how does it feel, Sam? <laughs> does it feel like your team has delivered for you? Do you Are you proud of all your little fantasy players? Uh, I want to thank Capcom <laughs> for, <laughs> for doing what I said was a waste of their time which is remaking Resident Evil 4. <laughs> At one point I yeah. said, what's the point of remaking this game? It's already perfect. But no, they did it. Those bastards, they did it again. <laughs> A special no thank you to Forza and Starfield. Yeah. The well, let's <laughs> Games that I do like, but are not good fantasy games. Well, let, let, let's get into it then. So as we reflect on this, the past year in fantasy, what was your biggest surprise, both of you? Gotta be Baldur's Gate, right? Like Baldur's yeah. Gate getting a ninety sixes. You can't 100%. predict a game's getting a ninety six. You just can't no. do that. Yeah, no. ninety six was crazy. I mean, I thought it would review at a solid eighty eight, eighty nine, but ninety six. Mm. I'm definitely really pleasantly surprised. Um, I felt good about that. I, I, I did think Assassin's Creed Mirage would have reviewed better. Um, I think it's given the focus scope. I think there was a lot of hype that it was going to just. I think have a little bit more um, attention and, you know, Oh, it's been so great, but like it came out like blip. Like I I didn't really hear a lot of reviews or commentary about it. I mean, again, great big year. Um, I am impressed that I guess I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised that Starfield went where it was. Um, I think I might've thought it would have been a little higher. I'm really impressed that street fighter six did so well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wait, uh, David, what did Marvel's Spider-Man 2 come out to? What was that score? It was a 90. Yeah, I actually think... That's about that's about right. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm disappointed that Silk Song didn't come out because I, I want. I took a big swing. That was my second pick, um, and I really wanted to take a swing and be like indie studio. Like I'm rooting for you. I think it's gonna be so. You swung for it, song. and you still forced a tiebreaker. I'd say that's pretty impressive. Thank you. That's nice. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I am. I am bummed it didn't come out. Um, I mean, I guess there's still yeah. a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll oh, have we to do. It. Yeah, we all we're all Gigs, in pain. Yeah, stealth drop at the game game awards. <laughs> that's true. Releases to a ninety. Well, it would just take a. Could release it like a ninety-two. Mm. You you dethrone Sam, but I mean, like, let's also say, like, I know I made a lot of jokes about it during all this draft, but like, I am actually surprised Silk Song just like is not out. Like, we've this game was first announced five years ago, and almost five years ago, COVID, and like three we, people. Well, COVID, but I know it's not a lot of people, but like. They had a gameplay demo at E3 That's That's what I find surprising. That's what I do. And it seems like relatively, like I'm not trying to, I'm sure Silk Song will be great, but it, it didn't seem like they were reinventing the gameplay so much from Hollow Knight 1 that it would be this long of a process. Yeah. But at the same GTA time, like... six before. before. Yeah, God. <laughs> we'll get GTA 6, we'll get Dragon Age, Dreadwolf. We're going to get the you know, Fallout 5 and the Fallout TV show, apparently. Yeah. Like, we're getting everything before Silk Song. Uh, that's really, it's a real bummer. Real bummer. Big bummer. Yeah. Not just for your fantasy team, Amanda, just for, for all of us. <laughs> true, 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 true. What about you, David? Do you have any surprises, disappointments? Uh, I mean, my surprise was definitely, uh, I share it with Baldur's Gate. My biggest regret, I think, was drafting 16 number one. I mean, I can't regret that much because, again, most of my games were 87s. I would have probably elected for Resident Evil 4. Uh, had I had the chance, uh, I think I had the chance, but I didn't do it. Wouldn't have really impacted the score. I mean, there's not really much to regret when I was, you know, my average was a solid like three or four points below both of y'all. So, um, yeah, just the biggest surprise is just that, as you said, Sam, so many quality games came out this year. So it's really hard. Like we're the winner. We all went one at the end of the we all we all won. <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, I couldn't even. Make, I can't even. We all won. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think yeah. it's fun that we, yeah, we all won as gamers and that there's a lot of good games. And I think it's funny. I think we yeah. all drafted very consistently too, at least with some of our personalities. Like I would say I'm kind sure. of a go big or go home person. I just know yep. like I had tears of the kingdom, Redfall. like, yeah, that makes sense. That's about right. Like David yep. consistency. I'm a money ball mm-hmm. value kind of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the- and Sam is like a researchy, like I'm going to be sure of my convictions and, you know, invest and, and calculate this. And so I think it's, it's fun to see it. I mean, this was a really, this was the most fun I've yeah. ever had doing any kind of fantasy gaming. Okay. I, I just want to say one more thing yeah. about my number one overall pick Starfield. I guarantee, guarantee at some point in the future, it will have some kind of comeback. There will be some mods, some updates. And when I say like the way that, not quite the way Cyberpunk or No Man's Sky did, but people are going to look back and be like, this game got an 84. And then Mm -hmm. I'll feel, then at at that point, I will nod at those people on the internet and be like, yes, thank you for agreeing with me in the future. Spencer just said he hopes that people play Starfield for a decade, which I couldn't help but roll my eyes at. But I hope you're right. He, I mean, no, one, no one's gonna play anything for a decade anymore, man. It's like I mean, GTA it has to be online. Minecraft or GTA. Yeah, or like Stardew Valley. I feel like that's yeah. Yeah, Stardew Valley is actually low key. Mm-hmm. If people play Starfield twelve years from now, like what that 
that will be a massive failure of the rest of the gaming industry. And I, yeah. and I love Starfield. I love Starfield and I'm going to play more of it, mm. but like that can't be the only game you play for 12 years. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. I hope you're right. Cause I would never root for a game to fail. And uh, you know, there are some games on here, whether it's DLC or just, we didn't even talk about like a lot of indies that were on here. Sea of stars, the cyberpunk, uh, phantom Liberty 2.0 experience. Like, a lot, a lot of countless indies that we reviewed for the website this year that all cracked Coco- nine Coco- or above. Cocoon was a great game. I loved yeah. uh, Smushy Come Home, Season, A Letter to the Future, The Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood on your side, Amanda. Like, just so many good games this year. So um, there will be plenty to talk about in 2024. But speaking of which, as we kind of reflect on fantasy gaming and prepare for the holidays, this is our kind of uh, outro question for the for the group what are you planning to play marathon over your own winter holiday breaks i suggested this question I, and i i was just gonna say we, we, we came up with <laughs> yeah, this i was waiting for you <laughs> I, I was like hmm what a good question i, I don't oh. have an answer go, go ahead sam do you know uh, i guess um let's see so i'm about to finish metal gear solid one for the first time mm. Really? Um, yeah, never. I never played the Metal Gear Solid games. Whoa. I played Portable Ops on PSP. That's my experience. Um, so I'll probably play some of the other ones. And at some point, I'll get Baldur's Gate and finally know what everyone's yeah. talking about. And yes, I will be playing more Starfield. Nice. Well, I guess, yeah, especially because that's your team captain of your winning team. Dun, 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 his crown. Um, no, it's good. I think I'll be playing Baldur's Gate 3, which I haven't picked up yet even though you know (laughs) since i'm one of the heroes of my team so i'm really excited to play that um and i have star wars jedi survivor and just haven't gotten to it um so both of those i think will be big winter binge games um i am excited to uh pick up a couple more little indie games i'm going to try to play cocoon before the end of the year i know this is just like (laughs) a big wish list i'm excited for a highland song coming out by inkle um and i'm finishing my dave the diver playthrough so doing again little little indie games and then big old triple a games what about you david uh I will be playing Final Fantasy 16, most likely. Um, maybe Resident Evil 4. I want to get back into that. And Dave the Diver is a great pick. And Dredge. I've been playing Dredge. Oh, Dredge. Another indie game. Oh, yeah. so it many looks games. really good. Man, it's I fun. Play that one too. It's crazy I that forgot, we have two. We got two sets. Oh, yeah. I've been playing a little bit of that too. Have you been trying that? I have not tried it. I haven't downloaded it. I haven't tried it. Yeah, it's not bad. It's charming. It's a little janky, but it's. I'm excited to play more of that one too. A lot of games. So many games, so many games. Maybe it'll get to a point if we do fantasy gaming in 2024, maybe we'll, we could do retroactive picks and pick from 2023. There's just so well, many good games we didn't even yeah. get to consider. For but, sure. um, well, yeah. I was just going to say, as Sam says, uh, 2024, if we do continue to, uh, and do fi- uh, fantasy gaming next year, it should be a lot harder because it's a lot scarcer. You know, enjoy it while you have it. Uh, to the listeners here because we're not guaranteed it again anytime soon but uh and in any case thank you so much to those of you who were listening to our antics here on uh the punish podcast um we're excited to delve into new and exciting topics in the weeks and months to come gonna stay tight-lipped uh for this episode about what comes next because we still have to figure out some of it ourselves but it'll be exciting and awesome and we can't wait for you all 
to give it a listen. But in any case, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.